Antlers is a film about darkness, human darkness, supernatural darkness, literal, low-lit filmmaking darkness. It is a slimy, icky, violent film that doesn't always come together, but it also undeniably feels like it has emerged from the passions of its creators, particularly director Scott Cooper and producer Guillermo del Toro. Like other works of the former, it centers people on the economic fringe who carry heavy emotional weights. Like other works of the latter, it imagines a world wherein real pain can open doors to unimaginable horror. Hey, gays and ghouls. I'm Sean Reedy. And I'm Katie Toole. And this is Friday Night Frights. Welcome to our first mini-sode for November. Today we'll be reviewing Antlers. Uh, this is a movie we've been waiting for for a very long time. Uh, too long. Too long. This was a movie that was delayed because of the uh, COVID-19 pandemic. It was supposed yes. to come out in April of last year mm-hmm. um, and just came out this past week. Yeah, just released. So, which is funny because like, it focuses so much on like the ills of the world right mm-hmm. but like there was a pretty big one that was missing yeah but like because they actually made it before covid and and i'm wondering though too because and we can just we might be able to discuss it later but mm-hmm. i i did notice that the movie um because <laughs> i noticed weird small details mm-hmm. it took place in 2018 so how i know this mm-hmm is because Lucas right. is 12 and you see his birthday you see his birthday and he was born in 2006 okay so it'd either take place in 2018 or 2019 I didn't see what his birth month was. right depending on what time yeah. of the year it was yeah. yeah I imagine probably 2019 since it was supposed to come out in 2020 right probably yeah yeah it would make more sense um but yeah uh so i think that so sean and i both went and saw this movie today yes uh i was literally the only person in my theater because it was at like 2 p.m yep and i saw it a little bit later and there were two others in there (laughs) (laughs) maybe by the maybe by the uh prime time showings it'll it'll be like you know a dozen people no it's actually doing pretty well i think it's i think it's like number two yeah it's doing i mean it was it is well. it was a very highly anticipated movie so. it was i mean we've been waiting a long time for it. yeah so it it's not it's not surprising that it's doing pretty well in theaters mm-hmm. um and we haven't discussed anything about no that. we did not say the only thing we told each other is how many people were in the movie theater yep <laughs> so i think can i start yes okay <laughs> i have one major criticism okay and this happens a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, this isn't the first film that does this. This is a movie that takes a bit, and I, w- I won't go too far into it because I don't want to spoil it, but mm-hmm. it takes a bit of Native American folklore mm-hmm. and uses it as a horror trope, and there is one Native American speaking role in it. Yeah. And I'm like, people... Stop doing this. Stop 
doing this. Like, if you're going to make a movie about Native American folklore, it should be full of Native American people. No, that's not how this works. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> it was, it was, you know, and I feel like we have, I feel like we have a habit in the entertainment industry um, as consumers of the entertainment industry, because we, we encourage this, right? Mm-hmm. We don't, you know, we don't speak up against it enough to only care about Native American culture when we're talking about monsters. Yeah. Um, so that that is my one major criticism. And it's a big one. I mean, yeah, it is a big one. Like, I mean, I, I love Carrie Russell. Mm-hmm. Didn't have to be Carrie Russell. No, it didn't. You could have you could have cast an indigenous woman. Mm-hmm. You could have you know you could have had her had a connection to that culture. There's even a line in which they explain that they don't know how the white boy got a Native American charm. Like there's literally a yeah. line in the movie that acknowledges yep. like, wait, he's not part of this culture. How did he get this? And they're like, right. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think and and. Not to defend, because I'm not defending, because no. I, I wholeheartedly agree. Right. But part of the plot is that they don't know what's going on, and they don't believe it. Right. But I think that... Right. Yes. But, of course. But that part could have been changed. Yes. Like, I think that you... St- I'm I'm sure you can encounter a great many modern uh, people of indigenous descent mm-hmm. who would not believe in that particular bit of folklore. Right. And would not believe it was happening, even mm-hmm. if they were seeing it happening. Right. You know? Um, so, yeah. So that was... I think that is the the biggest problem with the film. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's hard to forgive that. I didn't like it that much. No. So I, I did enjoy it. Like, there were, there were definitely good parts to the movie. Mm-hmm. And I did think it was creepy. Mm-hmm. But I had other problems, too. Okay. <laughs> All right, we'll get into those. Yes. Go for it. <laughs> so, I don't feel like... I I feel like they kind of bit off more than they could chew. Mm. Like, I feel like they, they really wanted to tie in all of these specific traumatic experiences of other people and of... Specifically of Carrie Russell's character, Julia. Mm-hmm. And then... And her brother, Paul. Mm-hmm. Played by Jesse... J- Jesse Plemons. Um... As well as, and and I get it, like, and I appreciate that they did tie them in, mm-hmm. um, but like, and then, you know, drug abuse mm-hmm. and um, the drug epidemic. Oh, the, op- the opioid. Yeah, the opioid uh, epidemic. Yeah, for sure. You know. You know, and, and the mass epidemic. Right. Um, and I appreciate that they tied those in, but I don't feel like they were wrapped up. They weren't at all. Like, it was mm-hmm. a little, um, I agree. It was a little uh, scattered. Yes. In its sort of, you know, at the beginning, there's this, uh, there is this voiceover of somebody speaking an indigenous language. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure which one, um, but she was speaking an indigenous indigenous language, and, you know, said that this all was happening because of specifically because of what we were doing to the environment. Right. Like, that was the... And then they did kind of, like, just branch off into all of these other problems. Like, right. <laughs> like, this is just, like, everything that's wrong with the world or everything that's wrong with these people's lives. And then it doesn't... 
you know, it, it doesn't, I mean, I get that the monster was supposed to be an allegory for trauma in general, right? which is why there were children involved, Mm -hmm. but they kind of started out as if like it was a punishment. Right. And then there were children involved Mm -hmm. and it's like, what are we punishing the children for? Right. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) what could they have possibly done? Um, no, I agree. I agree that the, uh, Julia's, Julia's kind of did get wrapped up a little bit. Right. I mean, I think that the, the focus was definitely Julia facing her demons sort of. Right. You know, and I, I do see how that was wrapped up. Um, but yeah, there were a lot of other things that, that were just sort of thrown in as just like, you know, look at all these bad things that are happening. Right. And then here's a monster. Uh, so I do agree. I agree with that. I will say though, it was a beautiful movie. Like cinematography wise. I think that that is, I think that swept me up so much that I liked it even with the plot problems. Yeah. Um, because... Well, it was also very... I I thought it was pr- pretty well acted. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's got... You know, it had it had good people in it. Mm-hmm. Um, the kids were great. This movie, though, was visually luscious. Mm-hmm. In a way that I did not expect it to be. And in a way that a lot of filmmakers don't do when they're making this kind of movie. Yeah. Like, it's set in the Pacific Northwest. It's about grief and guilt and trauma and regret and monsters. Mm -hmm. It could have been just solid gray. Yeah. A lot of filmmakers would have made it solid gray. But the mastery of light in this Mm -hmm. movie and the, like, very specific use of light. Yeah. And playing with lights playing with lighting of different temperatures and like what that did to the colors and what it did to the colors when say there's one, there's one particular moment that really stands out to me where the headlights of a car are shining into a mine shaft and there's caution tape across the front of the mine shaft Mm -hmm. and it's like blowing and just the, the vibrancy of the color of that caution tape against the darkness of the mine because it's because because it is specifically getting hit by the headlight, mm-hmm. right? And it's just like the the care taken to bring colors out, even in very low light situations. Yeah, um, it was it was luscious, and the colors were warm, and and I just it's not what I expected. Yeah, and I I was just continually sort of like impressed mm-hmm. by how good this movie looked yeah um you know and, and of course it was the pacific northwest so they were like you know they were utilizing all of these like big wide shots of yeah. um you know the scenery but yeah so i think that was my favorite part about it mm-hmm. was absolutely like from a technical standpoint mm-hmm. it was really good yeah you know yeah i agree um, with that but, you know, I agree that, that plot-wise it was a little bit muddy. A little bit. Um, how do we feel about the monster? So I I did like the monster. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did think it was creepy, especially the... Not to get into too much of it, but like the... Near the end. 
Well, near the end, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also the creation of it. Oh, like the the, uh-huh. the chrysalis moment? Uh-huh. Yeah. That. I was not expecting that. I was not expecting that. And I wasn't expecting it. And then I certainly wasn't expecting what they found afterwards. Uh-huh. I was like, wait, what is that? And I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're going there, yeah. apparently. Yeah. Yeah, I was not expecting that aspect of it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but but definitely appreciated it and it made it it definitely made it a bit more creepy seeing you that know happen. seeing it happen, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um I just I I think if they would have left out a little bit of backstory since it wasn't really it it didn't truly contribute to the plot too much. Right. Or or add more to it. Like, give right. me more backstory Make on Julia. Make it more relevant or take it away. Right. And um, do something that's that's a little bit less necessary of a grand scale. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, yeah, I did. I mean, I did enjoy it. I'm glad that I saw it. Mm-hmm. Um, I cried at the end. Oh, no, did you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the end was, yeah, the end was a thing. It's it, it's kids. Yeah, things with kids involved. For yeah, me. and so the other thing is that despite the fact like Del Toro was just a producer, mm-hmm. right? Scott Cooper is an American, right? <laughs> or I think uh, is he British? He's American, right? <laughs> that is a good question. Do not know. Okay, well, he's <laughs> definitely not what I'm about to say. So it it. Reminded me of Spanish horror. Yeah. And I love Spanish horror. Um, and one of the things that uh, is often the case with Spanish horror is that it's heartbreaking. Yeah. And that, like, yes, you might defeat the monster, but mm-hmm. you can't save everybody. Right. And, you know, even though you technically won uh, the trauma that you've endured is going to affect you Mm -hmm. and you know so i i i did like that aspect of it um where it wasn't just like this sort of you know gun the monster down and right off into the sunset ending right you know um but it was very sad (laughs) it was i i will say though i did feel like the ending was kind of a flat like at the same point Mm -hmm. was a bit of a flat note for me the very end, absolutely. Oh well, the very end for sure. But mm-hmm. even, even, even right before that, it was very quick. It was very quick, and it. I don't know. I'm. I and I'm sure I'm being too nitpicky about it, but no. it's. It didn't give. The type of like crescendo of an ending that I was hoping for. Right. Yes. I mean. I would agree. I I feel like the ending. Uh, the sort of, you know, climactic moment was a little bit rushed. Mm -hmm. And... It almost felt as an afterthought. Right. And like you were saying, they spent so much time Mm -hmm. on sort of exposition at the beginning. Mm -hmm. They could have scaled some of that back. Um, Because the also... So, like I said, there was one, count them one, Native American character with a speaking role. Yep. In this film. 
and that part where he's explaining what's actually happening mm-hmm. also feels truncated. Yes. Right? Yeah. Like, it's just sort of, it's like they, they spent all this time. And, like, I get why they spent a lot of time on the creation of the monster. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Because, like, it is effective. Mm-hmm. Um, but I agree that they could have scaled back some other things. And given those, given those moments that were, like, very important. Right. Room to breathe. Yes. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really wanted to make a joke that it was heartwarming. <laughs> but you won't get that until you go see it, so. I, I, there are things that I really liked about it. Mm-hmm. And I love Carrie Russell. Yeah. I think that this story would have been better served, again, if it was more centered on indigenous culture. Yeah. And not just plucking this one element out. Mm-hmm. Not just taking the monster out of it and putting it over here with all these white people. Of actually, because like all of those issues, mm-hmm. every last one of them, you know, poverty, a lack of economic opportunity, like poor health, drug use or substance abuse in general, Mm -hmm. like all of those are relevant to indigenous stories as well. Yes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And like the, the sort of, there was this overhanging idea that it had sort of been done to them. Mm -hmm. Right. Like the hardship had been done to them. Right. Which again, would have fit perfectly. If you had had it more centered. I mean, if you wanted like the the kid, like why couldn't the kid's mom even have been Native American? Yeah. Right? Like, again, well, I mean, that's that's another character that wouldn't be there. But that's true. But at least then the kid could have been indigenous. Yes. <laughs> right? Like, right. <laughs> um, and I don't know. And I, I, I don't, I, I didn't read the story that it's based on. I haven't either. So I don't know if these characters are as they are in the original story mm-hmm. or to the extent that it was whitewashed. Right. Um, but it definitely has this feel of like, this is a story about, you know, an indigenous monster and a white woman. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, it was pretty. <laughs> yeah, it was. It really was. It was, it was, it was so pretty. <laughs> it was very, it was a very, very beautiful movie it just it just fell flat Mm -hmm. for me no i agree Mm -hmm. i mean i enjoyed it too yeah i enjoyed it but um you know i would you know it was a nice didn't wasn't certainly wasn't one of those uh situations where you know i regretted spending my money on it right and going to see it in the theater um Especially since it's so pretty, right? On the big Mm -hmm. screen, it was, like, gorgeous. Um, However, I think another issue is that we had very high expectations of this movie. Yep. And we have been waiting for it for so long. Yeah. I was so excited about this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, maybe it might have been one of those where, like, you know, the bar was set a little too high, but... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I can agree with that. I yeah. I definitely agree with that. I feel like the bar was set really high for this. Uh, but I don't know. I like I'm in the same boat. Like I I'm glad that I that I spent my money and mm-hmm. went to go see it in theaters. 
Um, I'm probably not going to be owning it. Right. Oh, yeah. No, me neither. Yeah. Um, the other thing, and I just thought of this, because, you know, we're talking about how certain parts of it felt truncated or rushed. It's only an hour and 40 minutes long. Yeah. Like, they had runtime to work with. People will sit there and watch a two-hour horror movie. Yeah. They'll watch a two-and-a-half-hour horror movie. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't understand why they didn't sort of make it a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Because, like, it was this very sort of slow burn. Mm-hmm. And then... <laughs> I'll get that joke until you go see it. Um, and then it was just like, and we're done. Yeah, right? yeah. Like, oh, okay. Um, so I, I don't understand why they didn't, again, give those moments more room to breathe. By even, even if they didn't want to, like scale back all the backstory or or anything like that like all the all the exposition that they did at the beginning then just make the movie a little bit longer right and like put that stuff in yeah speed up when you need slow down when you need it's like it's like crawl 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 sprint end (laughs) right yeah well you know there's i think this the scene at the piano when she's playing the piano yes is important yes but it went on for way too long yeah. Right. Like that's that's sort of mm-hmm. one an example that can jump to mind of what you're talking about. Where mm-hmm. like they could have cut a little bit off of that. It's like we get it. Like we got it 45 seconds ago. This right. doesn't need to still be happening. No. Like we know what the implication is here. Mm-hmm. Move on. Right. And then you know they could have utilized that time a, b- a little bit better. Yeah. Later in the film. But yeah, we really should come up with like a rating system. Yeah. Yes. Because like I, I'm, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say three out of five. Yeah, I would say about the same. Whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> but we need, we need what it is. Yeah. <laughs> but for now, it's three out of five. <laughs> it was, it was not bad. No, it was not bad by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. Technically, it was really good. Mm-hmm. Acting was great. Story could have used a little more work. Yeah. And the, again, for me, the biggest knock against it is just like the, the whitewashing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's not even, I don't even know if you can call it whitewashing, right? Because like the, the characters, there's just no, there's no real um, interaction with Native American culture at all. No. Really. So it's like, you know, you could have, you could have picked a monster that didn't have those roots mm-hmm. you could have made up an entirely new monster yeah could have made up a whole new monster like didn't have to use one that's like tied to this ancient legend right something completely different right and like without sort of just you know cherry picking monsters out of out mm. of another culture's folklore yeah without actually doing much of anything to acknowledge even that culture (laughs) (laughs) so that's that's definitely like my 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 biggest complaint yeah like i was sitting there and even after the scene where uh graham green actually graham green plays the one native american Mm -hmm. um i was like oh um (laughs) where he explains it i was like oh we're just done with this now there's not going to be like a you know like they could have done 
some really cool things with his explanation of it. Yeah. Right? Like, they could have made that a lot longer. They could have, you know, added in... Um, added in some elements of, like, a, a storytelling. Mm-hmm. Right? Because there's this whole... The, a relatively long, again, sequence... Right. Where she's talking about indigenous storytelling. Mm-hmm. And then this dude just kind of, like, tells the story in two senses. Yeah. And that's it. And, and that's it. And they're like, we're not... We're not, we're not sort of like making this any more nuanced. Right. Yeah, definitely, definitely some missed opportunities with the movie. Yeah. It, the concept's there. Mm-hmm. The execution just was a little flat. Yeah. But. Yeah, it is what it is. Great. So yeah, three out of five. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Screams? I don't know. Screams? We'll I'm figure good. it out. <laughs> should we actually scream? No, we should not. <laughs> <laughs> answer that question for you and spare you that audience (laughs) so that is our review of antlers uh join us next week for our discussion of the haunting Mm -hmm. uh both from 1963 sure and 1999 pretty sure it was 63 if it wasn't i'll have a camp crystal clear for next week so Um, (laughs) but yes we will be uh discussing both film adaptations, both direct film adaptations of Shirley Jackson's The Haunting of Hill House yes. next week, which is very exciting. Mm-hmm. But of course, until then, uh, like and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Mm-hmm. We, of course, have our YouTube videos, mm-hmm. uh, which you can find us by looking up Friday Night Frights Podcast. We just released our November video. Mm-hmm. On Halloween. On Halloween. So definitely check us out. Check out our costumes. Yes. I mean. We couldn't resist. We couldn't resist. And we, mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. We look great. So. <laughs> you looked great. For sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, we both Me. look great. But like you looked really great. It was hilarious. He walked in. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Just note, not a wig, folks. That's all real hair. Yes. <laughs> he did that to his own hair. Yep. I sure did. <laughs> Uh, and then, of course, you can follow us on Spotify. Uh, we have our Instagram, which you can find us at F and Frights Podcast. Our Twitter, F and Frights Pod. You can find us on Facebook, of course, at Friday Night Frights. We have our website, FNFrightsPodcast.com. And, of course, let us know what you thought of this movie mm-hmm. by screaming at us. Yes. <laughs> at scream at FNFrightsPodcast.com. Mm-hmm. And lastly, of course, we have our Patreon, our Fright Club. And Katie, Mm -hmm. what is the first rule of Fright Club? The first rule of Fright Club is sometimes you just have to face the darkness. Yep. Sometimes you can't run away from it. You can't ignore it. You just gotta grab your flashlight and walk into that mine. (laughs) Alone. Alone. (laughs) Apparently. Sometimes you have to face it alone. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we we could make that. We could definitely tie that into into the like message of this movie as well yes for sure but yeah um yeah i i would say that is the that is the takeaway is that sometimes you just have to do the damn thing (laughs) you gotta do the damn thing (laughs) even if it may damn you (laughs) caution be damned (laughs) to the wind we hope you enjoyed this Friday night bite. Join us next week for the big fight. But until then, 